98.7 FM, Arizona Sports Station. Burns and Gambo. Five o'clock hour of the Burns and Gambo Show. Happy Tuesday to you. Everybody is, when I say everybody, me. I'm back from vacation, so we're all back together, ready for football season to start. Away we go. go. Here we are. Ready for the Cardinals and the Chiefs coming up this week. Find out what we've got with 2022. Yeah, you don't know. You know what this thing you just don't know. You, you you know, you can make guesses and estimates. I mean, I expect the Cardinals will have a very good offense. I got no Hopkins for six weeks. I think Hollywood Brown's going to be a nice addition. I want to, you know, I, I, I like the tight end mix. So, uh, but let's let's see. Defensively, a lot of questions. Listen, we have a lot of questions on the pass rush, but I'm telling you, I'm just telling you right now, mark my words, somebody is going to emerge as a really good pass rusher on this team. Somebody. Cameron Thomas, Majai Sanders, somebody is going to go out there. Isaiah Simmons? Somebody. Uh, I, 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 I think, think I, it's harder for Isaiah because I think he's going to be all He's going to have to play some cornerback for this team. Let's call it like it is. He okay? will. You're right. He's going to have to play some corner. Um, but I do think that you're, there's going to be some guys that, that maybe it's Victor DiMucchese. Maybe it's he's ready to break out it's right now. Dennis I mean, Gardeck, there's a number of guys it could be. Yeah, right. I, I, right. That's what I'm saying. I mean, I'm, I, would I, am I going to be surprised? At the end of the season, nobody's got six sacks. I'll be shocked. I'll I'm be shocked. I'm so scared about this defense. I'm so scared yeah. about it. I, I'm. So, it's got me. And I, Vance Joseph. I, I mean, you've you've made the point several times. Uh, after his first year here, there are a lot of people calling for Vance Joseph to be fired, and we were we were preaching patience when it comes to him. And he's he's basically his defense has kind of saved the day the last two years for this team. I just don't think he's got enough. I'm so worried he doesn't have enough at corner. He doesn't have enough at edge. He's got too many question marks with Zayvon Collins, who, by the way, today in the depth chart was listed as the number one starting inside linebacker. Not a surprise, but he was there on the depth chart. I, th- there are so many pockets on this defense where I'm just not sure what they have. Saving Collins listed as number one on de- for starter on depth chart. Yeah. Day one starter. Yeah. Second year, day one starter. Second year, day one starter. We'll we got that see, part. See if he earned it or not. But him. yeah, let's, let's see if he is or not. The predictions for the Cardinals, and we're going to really start to go over these over the next couple of days because everyone's kind of getting their season predictions in. The two, and then there's a third that we're going to focus on in a minute because it's in stark contrast to the first two. But the two that we're going to focus on came from Peter King this morning, Football Morning in America on ProFootballTalk.com. And then the second one came from Cynthia Freeland on NFL.com. Two very decidedly different methods of coming up with prediction. Peter was just making a prediction. Cynthia was using algorithms and computers and predictive models and things like that. Let's start with Peter King, who predicted that not only would the Cardinals not make the playoffs, that they wouldn't even be the first team to not make the playoffs in the NFC. He had Dallas as the first team out of the NFC, and he had some interesting teams in his list here. The interesting thing to me, okay, so he's got Green Bay 12-5 wins the division. Okay, could see that. Philadelphia 11-6 winning the division. Okay, that's a lot, I think, but okay. He's got the Rams at 10-7 winning the division. So this is still a very good team, but it's a very good team facing a murderous schedule, starting with the Bills in three days. Okay. He's got New Orleans at 12-5. and That's a shocker. Winning the division and being the number one seed in the NFC. Ahead of Green Bay, ahead of Philly, ahead of the Rams, he's got New Orleans as the number one seed in the NFC. Okay, a little bit of a reach there. I I don't see that happening, but okay, let's let's just call it like it is. Let's go to the wild cards. 
He's got Minnesota at eleven and six. He's got Tampa at a ten and seven. He's got San Fran at ten and seven. Those are three wild card teams. He gives San Francisco the tiebreaker over Dallas. So Vikings, Bucks, 49ers as his three wild card teams. He does not have the Cardinals in the playoffs. No, nope. like you said, he does not have them even, you know. So he's got them somewhere below 10 wins. And the two, I would say, atypical teams that he has in his predictions are New Orleans being the number one seed and Minnesota being the number five. Like every, every conversation you and I have had about who's going to come take a playoff spot from the Cardinals in the NFC is kind of focused on the rest of the NFC not being very good. In yes. order for somebody to come take that spot from them, somebody like a Minnesota Minnesota is going to have to jump up. Somebody like a New Orleans is going to have to jump up. Now, inevitably, somebody probably will. As you said earlier in the show, there's always some team you're not expecting to be good that is Nobody good. Thought the Bengals would be in the Super Bowl last year. Not at year. all. Not at all. And, and so, look at projections for Cincinnati last year. I don't think anybody was looking at Cincinnati saying they're going to win it all like or win the AFC. I'm sure there will be a team or two in the NFC that will be better than we think. But is it New Orleans and Minnesota that are taking the those playoff spots from the Cardinals? I, I I don't know. And I certainly is at New Orleans winning that division. But then again, like you point out, he's got San Francisco over the Cowboys in the tiebreaker. So he doesn't even have the Cardinals as the eighth best team in the NFC. Right. He's got them ninth. He doesn't even list where they are. No, he's got wild card Green Bay over San Fran, Tampa over Philly, Rams over Minnesota, and then New Orleans over Tampa, Green Bay over the Rams. And then he's got Green Bay over New Orleans in the NFC Championship game. So he's got Green Bay in the Super Bowl against Buffalo. He's really buying into New Orleans. He's he got to go into the NFC Championship He's game. got NFC in the, he's got well, he's Oof. got them as a number 1 seed, so they get a bye and then they you know, they'd host the game. So he's got them winning the, the they get the bye and then he's got them beating the Bucks. Now, Cynthia Freeland from nfl.com uses an entirely different methodology and obviously hers is more computer-based, analytics-based, predictive model-based, um, run the bunch of simulations and and see who comes out on top. She also does not have the Cardinals having enough wins to make the playoffs. She's got the Cardinals as the first team out. Uh, she has them at 8.7 wins based off of the average. Um, she's got as her division champs pretty chalky, the Packers, the Bucks, the Rams, and the Eagles. She has as her wild card teams the Cowboys, the 49ers, and the Vikings. So yet another prediction that's got the Vikings yeah. in there. Um, and then she's got the Cardinals as the very next team. Just because I thought you'd ask, I went back and looked at her predictions a year ago. And she was pretty she spot was pretty on. Close. What she was she, pretty close. What, what does she have with the Cowboys this year? She had the Cowboys. You want uh, win-loss? No, she, she has them as a wild card, She right? has them as a wild card. Projected right. wild so, card. So it does look like there are you know, quite a few people like Philly over Dallas in the NFC East. Yeah. And and yet quite a few people well, no, Peter King doesn't have Dallas in, but she's got two NFC. But he's got Philly. Like he's got he's Philly, got Philly winning. Yeah. He's got Philly winning yeah. the division. Yeah. yeah. So she was she was pretty good with her predictions last year, and she's got the Cardinals missing on this one. Here's your dose of optimism going into the season opener just a few days away. Jason McCourty on Good Morning Football this morning. Okay. 
This one was tough. The Rams, the Cardinals, it came down to stretch last year as well. And, I mean, sometimes adversity can bring a team together in the offseason. Everybody is talking about your quarterback. He doesn't know how to study. He doesn't know how to do this. Two Pro Bowls. You're going to rally behind your guy, and you're going to have Arizona winning the division. Beautiful. Much respect. That's awesome. That's a big pick. (laughs) That's a big pick. Much respect. Peter Schrager. That's a big pick there. Easy, Jason. Take it easy. Jason McCourty says the Cardinals win the NFC West. Damn. The it, it's interesting because Peter King has the Rams at ten and seven. Look, we're going to find out a lot about what this NFC West is made out of because of the schedule. Oh yeah, we're going to find out a lot. And, and and I think I know where you're going with this. If ten and seven is good enough to win a division, I think the Cardinals are good enough to get the ten wins. You know, I, I think I, that's their ceiling. I, I think. I think that's their ceiling. I think that's most of their season. I could see a scenario where they got to 11 again. Ooh, okay. But I think 10 is probably it's a mostly their season. It's a, oh, a brutal, brutal schedule. schedule. I know it's a brutal schedule. And defensively, again, I maybe I maybe you know what, maybe on second thought, 11 isn't their ceiling cuz I don't know if they can get there with that defense. I'm just so worried about it. Look, they they're not going to win 5 or 6 games. Okay? So like I like to I have a, I usually have a 4 game window, 7, 8, 9 or 10. Okay, on a, on a, a good year, they're going to win nine or ten. A little bit down at seven or eight, but I don't think they can win more than ten, and I don't think they can win less than seven. Yeah, that was in fact that was Cynthia Freeland's her ceiling for the Cardinals: ten wins. Her floor six point three. So that's she thinks that the lowest they can go is a six and an 11, six and an eleven season. Okay, I don't think you don't think they can go that low. I don't think they'd lose eleven football games. They're too talented. Week one of the NFL season kicks off. My goodness, in just two days. Text the word "pick" to six twenty six twenty. Sign up and compete against Dan Bickley for your chance at the grand prize seventy five inch TV, courtesy of Corona Extra. Weekly winners will receive an NFL jersey of their choice and a fifty dollars gift card to cold beers and cheeseburgers. Text the word "pick" to six twenty six twenty to enter. When we come back on the Burns and Gambo show. The Arizona Diamondbacks starting pitching is getting all the love and getting all the attention. There are other elements of this team that demand your attention, and we'll tell you what they are next on the Burns and Gambo Show. 98.7 FM, Arizona Sports Station. Burns and Gambo. Yeah, Ryan Nelson, great. Zach Allen, awesome. The Snakes! Did you see the snake I had in my pool the other day? No. Oh my god! I had this. I had a Mojave rattler in my pool, just like, and it, they float. Look at that sucker! You had that in your pool? Women are just hanging out in my pool. It wasn't and even guess swimming, what he it was just did. floating. What, what the madman picked it up. Not with his hands. I grabbed it with my bare hands and I said, "Listen, you little sucker." No, yeah. That thing was that thing. It's a Mojave, extremely venomous, extremely Mojave Desert rattler. Look at that thing. Just hanging out in my pool. Just walking in the backyard. I see something in my pool. I'm like, oh, there must be a dead bird in my pool. I walk over there, and there he is. There he is. Look at it. Look at him. Well, you, use the, you obviously didn't pick it's him up with your bare hands. Beautiful you, snake, by the way. It's you, a beautiful snake. Uh, your, uh, like, I grabbed the skimmer. Net. You I just grabbed the skimmer. Grab skimmer. You I went over there. Up and, now, people tell me afterwards you're an idiot because they can kind of lunge at you or they could jump. Oh, yeah. And, they can. Yeah. They yeah. Can. And I'm like thinking I'm not thinking anything of it. I mean, I got kind of close to him, like probably close as me and you right now. And I just scooped him up and then I walked over to the fence. And as I'm walking to the fence, I'm talking to him. You know, like, 
mock bird, mock the mock the bird fed, which used to talk the ball. I'm talking to the snake. I don't know if he understands me. I'm saying, listen, I, I'm going to let you live. Like I have no desire to kill you. I'm, I just don't want you to come back. So like I'm going to put you back over the fence in the desert. And please, like just do me a favor. Please just don't come back into my yard because like you're dangerous. I got a couple dogs. I got. I just don't want you to come back. So I put him over the fence and I looked over. It's like please, please. Just don't come back. Once again. Don't come back. So I make sure we're perfectly clear. I let you live. Don't cross this line I ever again. Live. Like, I have no desire. Like, I would never kill you. It's a beautiful snake. I would never yeah. kill a snake. Rattler or not, it would just never kill that. Wow. Well, apparently. Yeah. Uh, that's, that's my snake story. Th- that's, go. that's, a good, that's a good snake story. Yeah, oh, my um, goodness. The Diamondbacks yeah. are a better snake story right now. Yeah. I mean, they've won nine of their 11 games. They're more dangerous than that snake. Yeah. The, the, the Diamondbacks right now, the are, Diamondbacks are, are more dangerous they are. than They're, that they, Rattler. And, you know, I'm sure opponents are talking to the snakes right now, like, hey, can we just get a run off your hey, starting pitching? Can we'll, you, like, you know, can can you not throw me that curveball that I can't hit? <laughs> but the other thing about the other snakes, the more dangerous snakes, the Arizona Diamondback snakes mm-hmm. right now, is that starting pitching aside, what people are really starting to notice about them, and we've noticed it for a while, stolen but I think bases. now they're winning. Speed. The speed. It's not the even speed. the stolen bases. I mean, it's it's easy to manifest itself in stolen bases, right? Because that's a number that just pops off the page. It's the speed that you see in every single game and how it makes a difference. Because let's be honest, the Diamondbacks... They're not hitting a ton of home runs. They're not built like a modern. They're not. Aaron Judge ain't walking through that door, right? They don't have a guy who's got 54 home runs. Walker's going to end up third on the Diamondbacks' all-time single-season home run list if he keeps this up. But he's the he's the only one. Yeah, he's the outlier. He's the outlier. The rest of the offense has not had a good year. Is a bunch of gritty guys who take the extra base, who are so fast on the base paths, they cause all sorts of havoc. It's a very uniquely built offense and how they're scoring runs. And it seems like they've really embraced, like, this is who we are and this is how we're going to win baseball And Lavello had to embrace that, too, because it is a remarkable post-All-Star break. Got this from D-Back Stats Info. Post-All-Star break, D-Back's ranked second in baseball in stolen bases with 35. Individually, Jake McCarthy, 12, Josh Rojas, 11. They rank first and second amongst all major league players in the second half of the season. Since the second half of the season started, the Dimax have the number one and the number two stolen base guys. I mean, that is incredible. Like, here's the thing about this young baseball team. Alec Thomas came up. I'm like, oh, my God, he's the best defensive center fielder in baseball. I love this kid. Okay, you see him like, wow, he's, re- you know, he's really, really good. And then Jake McCarthy gets going. And like, oh, my God, this kid's great. I love this kid. And then you watch Corbin Carroll. Like, oh, my God, I love this kid. I'm having a hard time figuring out which kid I like the most. Well, And they're it, all so good. You know what? It's funny that you mentioned that. No, they're all so good. You, you're right. It's funny that you mentioned that because, in a way, Dalton Varsho has been just, just as, as impressive, good. if not more so than all of them. Defensively, he's, he's crazy good in right field, the way he chases down balls. Crazy good at it. And I, I always thought that he would be a catcher. I always thought so, too. And but he's so, so good in the outfield. And I don't want to say we're spoiled by him. I think we've just had him around longer. We're a little bit more used to him. You watch him every single game. Great that dude makes play after play after play. Zach Gallen, he saves Zach Gallen's bacon when it came to that scoreless inning streak the other day on Sunday night. I mean, by chasing that ball down into the gap the way he did, came out of nowhere to get it. That ball lands. Zach Gallon admitted when it came off, I think it was the second inning of that game, that when it came off the bat, he thought, oh, that's it. Done. Scoreless inning streak's done. That ball's going to get down. And out of nowhere comes Dalton Varsho to stack it. Zach Gallon even admitted he was praying, not praying, but he was hoping 
that it'd be a ground rule double, so at least he had a chance to keep the scoreless inning streak going. Varsho chased it down. Merrill Kelly last week on with us said the Alec Thomas was it was Merrill Kelly, right? Merrill Kelly said Alec Thomas saved them four runs. Four runs. I don't doubt it. One game. Four runs. He's having four, four runs in one game. So I think it was the St. Louis series. Like this defense, like to me, there are some things that are debatable. There's not a better outfield defense in baseball. I don't think that's debatable. Well, especially when you have so many choices. Corbin Carroll's the designated hitter tonight. He could be a center fielder in this league. Yes. He's the and designated very, very hitter tonight. Yeah. You know, but Jake McCarthy in, in he's great in left. Great it, in left. It's been really, really good. And and, and I and nobody's missing as much as we liked him, nobody's missing David Peralta. No, but you know what? That's they had it just they, they had, had to move to. on. They had to move on. It's and, not nothing against him. It's just in order for, for these kids to play. Somebody had to go. Yep. And I remember when I said this, like, the best thing about them, and I said this at the time, the best thing about them trading Peralta is that it allows them to call up Corbin Carroll. They wouldn't have called up Carroll if David Peralta was on the roster still. They wouldn't have done it. Nope, they wouldn't have done it. And and that's it's it's been remarkable what he's been able to achieve since he's been here talking about. about now, Corbin Carroll, I, I'm looking forward to seeing Corbin Carroll. Because I was on vacation when he made his debut. And I know I heard from a bunch of people who were at the ballpark that I, night. I was I'm sure the you were at the ballpark that night. I haven't had a chance to watch Corbin Carroll play in a Diamondbacks uniform. I'm looking forward to seeing his at-bats Did tonight. you not see the first to home? Oh, you didn't? No. Oh, my no, God, he no, didn't. No, I, didn't see, I didn't see Mitch, the, can you find it, the video? I didn't see the first to home. Oh, my God. I was in the middle of nowhere, Big Sur, California. We, we, there was no oh nothing out there. I didn't, How do we find it? You guys could find that. Oh, I get Eric and Mitch, they're on. All right. They're technologically you savvy. You missed the first to home. I, I missed the first. I, I feel like. You're not going to believe it. I, 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 say I it. feel like I'm late to the party here. Like everyone knows the punchline, and I have no idea what it's, the joke is. It's, it's quite remarkable. I'm going to send it to you right now, Bernsey. I'm, I'm going to quote tweet it. From the Burns and Gamble. Okay, just take a minute. Take a minute. I want to see your reaction live on the air. Just take a reaction when you watch this. I mean, this is special. Like, this is unique. And you haven't seen it. I mean, every every other Diamondback fan has. Um, And it was was highly talked about (laughs) for... Not, I mean, we're still talking about it, and that happened in what was that the, one of his first couple games? I think. Did you right? do, do? Did you direct message did you send it to it? me? Yeah, I think Mitch just there sent it to it you. Is like, okay, okay, hold on, I'm going to watch it right. I'm watch this right now. Okay, yeah. hold on, let me turn this down so I can watch it. Okay. Can you put the sound on the on the show? Yeah, hold on. Put the sound on the show. You're not going to move him around, Alec. Dumps it up the line, and here goes Corbin oh. Carroll with that Whoa. speed. Corbin Carroll, come on down. It's 2 nothing Diamondbacks. That's a base hit to left field. They, they didn't even have a chance. There was no watch, chance. There was even no watch, chance. To, watch the replay and look at his face. I mean, when you see his face on the replay, like just... Oh, oh there's no, I, there was no there. replay. Yeah, no. That was a base hit to left field. Burns, do you want to guess how fast he was running? 22 and a half miles per hour. Oh, uh, sorry, I don't know miles per hour, but I know 31.5 feet per second. Okay, I don't know what that he is. Scored, he listen to this. He got from first to home in under t- 10 seconds. He was flying. Man. Like, there was a graphic on it. I'm going to watch that again. That was oh, good. You, it, it, it was unreal. Like, it was just like, are you kidding me? <laughs> That's crazy. That was good. Scored from first thank to you. home on a base so, thank you for field. Thank you for recommending that to me. I was enough, thank you for sending it to me. I the, appreciate that. Enough, now I know. The other day, Carson, I think it was Carson Kelly hit a ball off the shortstop's glove. Okay, Carson, uh, Carroll's on first base. Mm-hmm. Just a ball at the shortstop club that bounced a few feet behind him. He went from first to third on that. 
on a boat that it just it hit the shortstop's glove and it bounced a couple this feet is away. What from I'm him. saying, I'm looking forward to watching him tonight because oh, he I, made I that debut. I was, I was, not, I can't not watch D-backs baseball right now. I can't not watch them. <laughs> I have to watch them. When we come back on the Burns and Gambo show, one thing I did find out when I was on vacation, one information, one piece of information I was able to get was that Gambo reported the Suns might go get a guy that we both really want. Are they any closer to getting that guy? We'll talk about it next on the Burns and Gambo Show. 98.7 FM, Arizona Sports Station. Burns and Gambo. So I mentioned in the last segment, looking forward to watching Corbin Carroll play because I was on vacation all last week and didn't really have access to a TV or even social media. So I knew he was making his debut. But I, I, I haven't seen him really play yet, so I'm looking forward to watching him play as the DH tonight against San Diego. We'll talk a little more Diamondbacks baseball coming up here in a few minutes. One thing, though, that I did see when I was on vacation, again, with limited access to data and that sort of stuff, was the breaking news from Gambo that the Suns indeed put in a call to the Utah Jazz about Boyan Bogdanovich. And I got really excited about that. Now, I don't know if it's going to happen, and, and I, I'm not trying to put work on your plate or anything, but I think you said earlier in the show you might try check in on that on it tonight see where things stand on that i got super excited about that um because i I think he's perfect i i I think he's absolutely in terms of the shooting in terms of the ball movement in terms of kind of thawing out sometimes when that offense gets a little frozen and a little stuck i think a guy like boyan bogdanovich is is perfect that's going to be expensive he's 20 million dollars and you have to find the salaries to match and it's going to take draft picks to do it because you don't want to give up any of your core guys to make it happen. And I get all of that. But if you're about maximizing a short-term window with Chris Paul, and you're talking about players who are available right now, today, that you can go get. There's not many, there's I, not many better options than him. I don't know if you can do much better than Boyan Bogdanovich at this point. I, I really don't. Yeah, listen, a lot of people are going to like the, the cat. like you said, who won this summer. A lot of people like the Cavs um, with the Donovan Mitchell. Uh, which, by the way, we were the only ones in like the country that had Cleveland tied to Donovan Mitchell like a month ago. Uh, we said we ruled out Miami and we ruled out all these other teams. We said Cleveland is interested in Donovan Mitchell. They ended up getting him. And it was a good trade. Like that was like a to me, that was a really good trade for for both teams. Because Cle- Cleveland's good. Like they're gonna be good. Um but when you start to look at it now, okay, like you didn't get Kevin Durant. You didn't get Kevin Durant. So you can stand pat now and say, okay, we tried. We didn't get him. We like our team. We're going to run forward with our team. Or you can say, you know what? I didn't get Kevin Durant, but we still are going to do something. We're going to do something. Now, they still have this $6.5 taxpayer exception, which I think that they will use at some point. But I think it may be more like at the trade deadline of the buyout market. There's really than now. nobody worth using it on right no, now. Not right now. Not in free nope. agency. No. There's really nobody else. So there. then you look at trades and say, who could, what could they do? There's been a lot of like Jay Craig. Crowder hints that he may be out of here. Mm-hmm. So we'll see what happens with that. But they definitely have interest in Boyan Bogdanovich. He's an elite level scorer all three levels, right? He, you could post him up. Like you could, he could post up guys. He could shoot the mid range shot. He could shoot the three. He plays off the ball, which would be great for the Suns. Great for the Suns. To have a guy that could play off the ball. And he's got size. Now, the thing about him defensively is he's not a great defensive player, but he's a willing defender, which makes that that matters. Like in the playoffs, he guarded Luka. So he's physical 
and he tries. Not a great defensive player, but the effort is there. Yeah, he 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 is it the culture in terms of the defensive fit, I would agree, might not be the best. But I think your culture defensively is good enough that what you need to do is you need to improve offensively. You need you need to figure out a way to make that offense flow a little bit better. And certainly you need to add some three-point shooting. And a guy who's shooting 39-40% from the line the way he has uh, as many three-point... And it's not just the shooting, it's the ball movement. It's that .5 offense that I think he would just fit in real well with. The question is, and the question will always be, how much of your future flexibility are you willing to give up? We talked about this earlier in the show, and we have both mentioned giving up two future first-round picks for Boyan Bogdanovich. Yes. And one of our listeners tweeted me, is like, are you nuts? Two firsts for Boyan Bogdanovich? The it, picks are going to be 25 to 30. It, They're it, not I, great picks. I, I, I guess it just... Well, you're right. Except that it depends on what are you saving those picks for. But that's that's the difference. If you and if you're if you're if you're banking those picks for a year from now when you want to swing some big blockbuster. I'm not saying he's available, but I'm gonna throw out a name. Okay, let's say a year from now, Shai Gilgis Alexander is available for some reason. All right, now you go. There's my replacement for Chris Paul. There's my Chris Paul. There's my Chris Paul replacement for the next six or seven years. There's my backcourt of the future for that. I, I don't know if he's going to be available. Oklahoma City would seem to be using him as the centerpiece for their rebuilding efforts, but maybe he gets sick and tired of waiting for them to be good, and he wants to out, and 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 he be, he's the latest trade demand in the NBA. You might be well advised to save every pick you've got because a year from now, I guarantee you, a year from now. You are going to need a replacement for Chris Paul. You're going to need it. Mm-hmm. And you might want to save your picks for that moment. I get that. I get it. I really do. But then what if what if, what if, what if that guy doesn't become available? And you're like, we could add Bayon Bogdanovich a year ago for two first-round picks. And now, all of a sudden, you're picking 30th in the draft. You could have gave that pick up and had Bojan Bogdanovich. And now, here it is. You didn't get anybody. And you, here's the draft. And you, you're not trading that pick and right now. So now you're going to make a selection at number 30. Which window has the greater priority right now? The Chris Paul window? Or the oh, Devin man, I don't Booker, any, DeAndre Eaton, Mikel Bridges window? Because that, that's... The greater priority right now is, of course, the Chris Paul window. But it's, Then you trade two first for Bojan Bogdanovich and you go for it. I mean, because that's that's really the, this is a really super difficult of course, thing oh, to discuss. I'm not expecting because an easy answer here. Windows. There's two windows. There's two windows. There's a window that's wide open right now with Chris Paul, and it might be you know it might be open now, but it's like it's a fast shutting window. Yes. Okay. It's a fast shutting window. That window's not going to stay open for long, and that window. It's on its way down right now, and when it closes, that's it. Chris Paul's done. The other window is. The guys that you have, it's Mikhail and Cam and Book and DA, and that's some, that window is is wide open. Um, but and let me put it this way too: the Chris Paul window is a wider window. It's a wider, it's a bigger window. Your chances are greater with the bigger window, but it's closing faster. Mm-hmm. With the Booker window, with all the other guys. It's a smaller window, but the drop down is slower. slower. Yeah. Does that make any sense? One hundred percent. And so, which when you're deciding which player you want to spend your draft picks to acquire in a trade, you have to choose which window is more important to you. Which win- because because if the Chris Paul window is the most important one, then you give up two firsts for Boyan Bogdanovich. And you don't think twice about it. 
because he fits the now window. He's got one year left on his deal. That's now. That's he's, today. That's We're going to be good. a really good team. He's, he's really good. He's good. But if you want to save those picks for a year from now, I don't you want to... I don't... Like, you met, like... You said it. What if Shea... I don't know who's available. We don't know who's going to be available. You I mean, what? what if you trade... See, here's the thing that sucks. What if you trade two first-round picks and all of a sudden Kevin Durant becomes available in January? Sure. And you're like... And then that's like, well, you just traded two first-round picks. picks. Well, now you only have... You can't give me... You can only give me two first-round picks now. And, I don't want to deal with and you. And here's the thing with trying to guess which players are going to be available. It's so hard. It's hard, but you know what I've come to learn about this in the NBA? Someone's always available. A year ago, did anybody think Donovan Mitchell could be had? He's in Cleveland. A year ago, did anybody think Rudy Gobert could be had? He's in Minnesota. You know, like like it's this is this is this is the NBA. You you you. It's it's not. It's hard to predict who's going to be available a year from now. Somebody will be available a year from now. That's just how this league works. Whether it's somebody you want or not, I don't know. Is it somebody who fits your culture, your scheme, your style? I don't know. But in this league, I can promise you somebody a year from now is going to be available. Well, then that may lead you towards the longer window. Maybe. Maybe. The window that's going to be open for longer. In which case, don't go. Because Bogdanovich is a one-year guy. Yep. The guy you get for the other window, maybe somebody you'd see for three, four, five years. Yeah. I enjoyed that conversation. That was a lot of fun. Text us your thoughts. The FanDuel text line is open for you right now. 620-620 is where you can reach us here on the Burns and Gambo Show. Diamondbacks are looking to continue their hot streak, and they've got the man on the mound to keep the good times rolling. We'll tell you all about That's this Diamondbacks game coming roll. up next on the Burns and Gambo Show. The home of Arizona Diamondbacks baseball is 98.7 FM, Arizona's sports station. We're checking in on the D-backs as they warm up for the game's first pitch. D-backs on deck, brought to you by 72 Sold. Get thousands more on your home with no inconvenience. Visit 72sold.com and by Sonic. This is how we Sonic. Stop by your nearest location today for the Sonic Chop House Cheeseburger. For a limited time, only at Sonic. It's been a real fun stretch of Diamondbacks baseball the last couple weeks or so, and it continues tonight as we welcome you back to the Burns and Gambo Show and D-backs on deck, getting you ready and previewing tonight's Diamondbacks matchup against the San Diego Padres. Diamondbacks have won four of five to start the month of September. They've won nine of their last 11 per Arizona Diamondbacks stats and info. The pitching staff has allowed just 10 runs in their last five games so far. Incredible. They are on a heck of a run right now. Yeah, I mean, to the point where, I mean, Madison Bumgarner actually threw a pretty decent game the other day. I think they're pretty, you know, they have to really struggling and I question Lavello and whether they, it's time to pull him from the rotation altogether and sit him. And they're going to a six-man rotation to try to save some guys. Uh, but it's been an inc- the starting pitching has been amazing. They give the Diamondbacks a chance to win almost every single night. Yeah, in fact, uh, we had Tori on the show earlier today, and we'll tell you all about tonight's game against the Padres in a moment. The six-man rotation, he kind of clarified that a little bit. Yeah, I think so. We're going to stay right there for, for a little while. Um, and... We're obviously really excited about what Nelson did yesterday, and we're just going to keep building on that. We want to build in some rest for some guys. We've had a lot of guys that have been going super hard all year long, and they've been healthy. Just going to give them an extra day in between here and there. Some guys may may get sped up and stay on on turn. Um, we, we will play around that. Merrill is still on turn today. He was five days today. So we're going to adjust it, but we're going to give guys the, the rest they need based on the information we're getting um, and the things that we're seeing. We want to 
make sure we get through the season healthy. Okay, now I know we did that interview live, and hearing that soundbite back again, what I'm hearing when I play that is that I feel like a guy like Zach Gallen probably stays on regular rotation. And a guy like Merrill Kelly probably stays on regular rotation. Madison Mumgarner, maybe he gets a little more extra rest. Maybe a Zach Davies, and he's been fine. Maybe he gets a little bit more rest. And depending on how Ryan Nelson does, and depending on how Tommy Henry does, maybe those guys stay on regular rotation. It's kind of hard to take the ball away from Merrill Kelly and Zach Gallon right now. It's impossible. Like, 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 there's no signs that indicate that these guys are are slowing down. I don't don't want to not give them the ball every fifth day. So it sounds like Torrey's building in a little flexibility. To pick and choose which guys are getting rest within the rotation. And given that kind of construct, I think Zach Gallen is going to get the ball every fifth day. And I think Merrill Kelly is going to get the ball every fifth day. And I think the other guys, uh, maybe there's a little more room for negotiation let's, there. Let's also throw into the fact that you have to start considering Zach Gallen as a Cy Young candidate. You have to. Compare him to Alcantara. Compare him to Freed, Gonsolin. Compare him to those guys. Tell me he doesn't belong in the conversation. If I mean, can a strong September push Zach Allen over the top and make him a Cy Young, a serious Cy Young threat? All right, so to your point, um, I'm looking at National League pitchers, and then I'll play what Tori Lovello had to say about that in a moment. ERA, Sandy Alcantara is, con- is figured to be the front runner for the National League Cy Young Award. Right. His ERA is 2.36. Six. Zach Gallons is two point four two. Max Freed is two point four eight. Okay, they're all the same. That's a, that's, that's not going to determine whether a guy wins or loses. Okay. Sandy Alcantara's got twelve wins. Freed's got thirteen. Zach Gallon has eleven. All right, the same. Okay, very close. Uh, losses. It's seven. Oh, big for, difference. Uh, big difference. Seven for Alcantara. Five for Freed. Two for Zach Gallon. Okay, big difference okay. there. Um, Strikeouts. Alcantara's a machine. Alcantara's got 170. Freed's got 149. Zach Gallon's got 152. Honestly, I'm looking at these numbers. Look at the whip. The whip is, okay, it's one for Alcantara. It's 1.02 for Freed. It's 0.92 for Zach Gallon. Tell me he should, tell me he shouldn't win this. I don't, I don't, here's, here's, why shouldn't he win? Here's the one argument that maybe, you didn't consider. Innings pitched. Alcantara's got a lot more than Zach Allen does. He, how, he, how many more? By 30. Almost 40. He's got almost 40 more. So he's got similar all numbers. Those innings and he barely has more strikeouts? Well, okay. That's a good way of looking at it. But well, also an, e, an ERA as good, and he's done it for 40 more innings than Zach Allen. I mean, that, that's one number where you go, okay, Alcantara's done it. He's pitched that well okay. for more innings this Can year I than Zach Allen. Can I combat that? Sure, please. You've got one of the great streaks in the history of baseball oh, on Zach Allen's side. No question. Top eight in the history of baseball. He tied a record six consecutive starts without giving up a run. Okay? Tied guys like Bob Gibson and Don Drysdale for that record. Okay? And he is... He, it's one of the... It's one of the... It's, I think it's like the eighth best streak in the history of baseball. 
There's an incredible streak oh, there that Gallon has that these other guys don't have. I'm not trying to say Alcantara should or will. I'm just trying to look for reasons why he's considered the front runner. And that's the one number where he's got a clear advantage over everybody else is that he's just been doing it for more. He's got that more of that workhorse sort of resume when it comes to the inning. So we'll see. We Here's what Tori said about whether Zach Gallon could win a Cy Young. Oh, man. Um, I want to say 100% yes. I want to believe that he is one of the best right-handed pitchers in the National um, does he have enough wins or you know, whatever? I don't really care. It's normally given to the best pitcher in the league, and his statistics certainly show that he has been consistent and getting in, and, and moving into that direction. So he deserves strong consideration. He should get votes 100%. How many will be up to the riders? We'll see. We'll see how much consideration he gets for it. Tonight's pitching matchup, and it's brought to you by Native Interiors. Your floors, your way. Text the word FLOORS to 620-620 for more information. Joe Musgrove, the righty, gets to start for San Diego. He's 9-6 and six with a 3.01 ERA. Merrill Kelly, maybe he should get some Cy Young Award consideration. He's 12-5, twelve and, 12 and yeah. five, 2.84 ERA his last time out against the Brewers. He, like seemingly everybody else in this rotation, was was really, really good. Seven innings, four hits, no runs, struck out seven. Yeah, his ERA is 2.01 over his last 12 starts. Last 12 starts, 2.01. Holding hitters to a 193 batting average over that stretch. And he has more wins against the Padres than any other team. He's got eight wins against the Padres, and in 12 career starts against them, his ERA is 2.34. He has been incredible. And that includes striking out 12 over 10 innings of one-run ball this year against them. Yeah, looking forward to see what he can do tonight. Your MLB standings, they're driven by trucks only. The Valley's number one independent dealer and home of the lifetime engine warranty. I'm going to skip right to the National League wildcard standings. Braves are the far and away leader for the top spot. The Phillies and the Padres are both tied for the second and third and final spot. The Brewers are two games back of the final spot. The Giants are seven and a half back of the final spot. And there are the Diamondbacks, eight games back of the final spot. If not for a leaky bullpen, the Diamondbacks would be right in the middle of that conversation. Yeah. Right. But now the goal is finish 500 or better. And, and that goal is very attainable for the Diamond. Schedule's brutal the rest of the way, but they've held their own against the brutal schedule the last week and a half or so against the Phillies and the Brewers and the Padres. Schedule's tough, but I would imagine finishing above 500 is the goal for the D-backs right yeah, now. Yeah, if, if they can finish 500 or above, I think that would be tremendous. And you're right. I mean, the bullpen has been a major reason why they, you know, that, that they're not in contention right now because of the crazy amount of blown saves. I mean, Ian Kennedy blew a save the other day. That was his fifth blown save. Yep. It's been a major problem for them this season. It's hard to know who to trust when that door comes open. You know, it's hard to know who out there you believe in from the Diamondbacks bullpen every time they have sixth to go to inning, one of those guys. The sixth inning on, they have the second worst ERA in Major League Baseball with five with a five point five two ERA. They only have twenty nine saves in forty nine save opportunities. On That's the far- not good. On the farm is brought to you by Redbird Farms. You can't put a price on great taste. Tonight's Diamondbacks affiliates, Arkansas is beating the M. Marillo Sod Poodles, 13-1. Diamondbacks have taken all their best players. It's really hard to believe that. Salt Lake is beating Reno 2-0 later tonight. Visalia and Hillsborough are in action. Are they at the hop Let's get tonight? you. Yeah, they are. They're at the hop. Let's get you all some right. keys to tonight's game. Listen, man, I need you to be the key master. I am the key master. Keybacks, key 
Keys to the Game, presented by Mist America, home of the patented Mist 360 outdoor cooling system. Visit MistAmerica.com today for a cooler tomorrow. Guys, the key to the game is to keep the Padre fans booing. <laughs> Soto was 0 for 4 yesterday. Twice he made outs with the tying run in scoring position. He only has two hits in his last 23 at bats, and he's batting 245 with the Padres. Keep the boo birds out on Juan Soto. Yeah, it was uh, shocking to hear the booing last oh, night in yeah. that seventh inning when Ryan Nelson got out of that uh, jam he was in. It's going to do it for us. We're out of here. Diamondbacks baseball is next. We'll see you tomorrow. Straight up 2 o'clock here on the Burns and Gambo Show. Have a great night, everyone. You're still here? It's over. Go home. Go. Go.